That's a message the world needs to hear, that his name is holy, and it's hope for the weary, and it's, it's healing to the brokenhearted. This morning, I'm, I'm going to share just some brief comments with you, but they're important comments, so, so just give me a little bit more of your attention. I'm going to invite you to ask a question that undoubtedly you've asked of yourself before. And undoubtedly, for some of you, you ask yourself this question frequently, and that question is, what in the world am I doing? Sometimes we've asked that question in our work, and, and we, get, we get discouraged, and we're working, and we say, what in the world am I doing? Sometimes it's in a relationship. What in the world am I doing? Sometimes it's, it's a do-it-yourself project that you took on that looked pretty easy, but when you get into it, it turns out to be a nightmare, and you're going, what am I doing? But today, I'm going to challenge you to ask that question in light of what we've been celebrating the last couple of weeks and in light of what we heard about this morning. And that is, I'm going to ask us and challenge us to ask the question, what in the world am I doing in response to Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection? What in the world am I doing with that? What am I doing about that? And let me remind you exactly what Jesus did. In 1 Peter 3.18, Peter That bold disciple of Jesus declares, for Christ died for sins once for all. Understand this. If you're just starting a journey of faith and relationship with Jesus Christ, understand this, that Jesus completed everything that is necessary so that every man and every woman can spend eternity with God in heaven. It goes on to say, the righteous for the unrighteous. Jesus, who was absolutely pure. Jesus, who was absolutely righteous. He died for you and me who are absolutely unrighteous. And why do you do it? To bring you to God. Understand this about Jesus coming to this earth. It wasn't about teaching us a better way to live. It wasn't about establishing a new world religion. It was about reconciling people like you and me with God. Because we needed that reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to become sin for us that through him we might be made the righteousness of God. Understand what that says. We might be made righteous. We know we're not righteous in our behavior. We know we're not always righteous in our thought life. We know we're not always righteous in the way that we respond to God. But God, through Jesus Christ, and our faith in him has made us righteous. Therefore, For anyone who puts their faith in Jesus Christ, you're a new creation, God declares. The old is gone, the new has come. In other words, God will change your life. God will change everything about you. God will give you a new identity. God will give you a new eternal purpose. God will give you eternal power to do amazing things in his name. Now, let's look at that question again. In light of that reality, what in the world am I doing? What in the world am I doing? Well, as a person who has been declared righteous, God gives us guidance in what we should be doing, what he would like us to do, the purpose of our life. Last week we saw that the righteous, the Bible declares, will live by faith. In other words, we who have made, been made righteous through Jesus Christ, one of the greatest characteristics of our life is that we will be engaged in acts of faith. 
Things like believing when I don't see it. And obeying when I don't understand it. And persisting when I don't feel like it. And giving when I don't have it. And and thanking God before I receive it. And trusting God even if I never get it. See, our lives, these new creations God has made, our lives should be characterized by acts of faith. Then today, for just a couple minutes, I want to share yet another aspect of our lives. Now, if you're here today, and you're a believer, this message is especially for you. Because this tells us what our life is really about in Christ. If you're a guest today, or maybe, maybe you're just starting a journey into this whole idea of faith, understand this, what you're going to learn today is the true foundation. It is Christianity in its purest sense, and it's about God's desire for you. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30 declares this. The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he who wins souls is wise. Powerful passage for everyone here today. It says, the fruit of the righteous. The fruit is, is, is the response, it's the byproduct. It's the result. The fruit of an athlete is, is, is how many games he or she wins. The fruit of an investment broker is how much money and how strong he can build the portfolios of his clients. The fruit of the righteous. What does that look like? Paul, one of the greatest converts to Christianity, wrote two letters to the believers in the city of Corinth. First is called, we call 1 Corinthians. The second is called 2 Corinthians. They're both in the New Testament. They're manuscripts written by him. In 2 Corinthians, the second letter, chapter 5, verse 18, he reminds us that all this is from God, all this reconciliation, all this new creation, it's all God's idea. We didn't come up with it. We didn't dream it up. We don't earn it. We don't buy it. There's nothing we can do to get it. It all comes from God. And he says this, who reconciled us to himself through Christ. Again, the reason Christ came was to reconcile us because our relationship with God was broken because of our own sinfulness. And there was nothing we could do to reconcile it, so God did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He sent Jesus to die on the cross. Now, but look what it says. Now, once we've responded to that, he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, we have a new purpose. We're new creations. We have an entirely new identity. We have a new purpose. We have a new opportunity to impact literally all eternity. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. And look what it says. As though God were making his appeal through us. Now what does that mean? That means... Every one of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ not only have received the promise of eternal life, but we have been given the title of God's royal ambassador of the eternal kingdom. Now, I don't care where you work and I don't care what clothes you're wearing and whether you got fashionable clothes or hand-me-down clothes or whether you drive a car that's just barely making it or what neighborhood you live in. Listen to me. God has declared you to be 
a royal ambassador of the eternal kingdom of God. And he has called men and women from various levels of of society and economics and, and vocations so that we can be his ambassador to every human being on the planet. And here's our opportunity. Here's what he has entrusted us with. He has entrusted with us to make an appeal to as many people as we possibly can. And that appeal would be just as if Christ, just as if God himself were speaking to that person. And in reality, he is through us. You know, me? I could never do that. Yes, you can. Why? Because God has made you a new creation. God has given you the power to do exactly that. And he wants us to do it in such a way that it's like he himself is standing before that very person, speaking to them face to face, eyeball to eyeball. And furthermore, he has declared that we need to go into all the world. We need to go everywhere on planet Earth. We need to reach out to every single human being. And so we have all been called to worldwide missions. We've been called literally to change this earth, to change the people living on this planet for all eternity. Now, what is this appeal that God wants us to make as if he himself were making the appeal? In other words, here's what God says. You're my ambassador. I want you to go to as many people as you possibly can, and I want you to tell them this for me. And I want you to do it in such a way as if I myself were talking to them. So what does he want us to tell the world? What does he want some of you here to know, to know, and to understand? 2 Corinthians 5.19 declares that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Again, that the reason Jesus came was to mend broken relationships, to mend the broken relationship between every man and woman and God. Not counting men's sins against them. Can you capture, can you appreciate the magnitude of that statement? Not counting men's sins against them. See, most world religions teach the exact opposite about God if there is a God. That he, in fact, is counting your sins against you. And in fact, somehow you better appease that. Somehow you better change your way. Somehow you better live a better life because God's wrath is going to come down someday. And that's the exact image so many people have of who God is. That God's angry. That he's just looking for you to step out of line so he can swat you up alongside the head with some spiritual two-by-four. And, and he is all about your punishment. God says, no. As my ambassador, I desperately need you to tell everyone you possibly can, that's not who I am. That's not what I'm about. I am not about counting your sin against you. I'm the exact opposite. I've made every provision so I don't have to count your sins against you. John, one of his original apostles, 
declared in one of his New Testament manuscripts, 1 John 4.10. He says, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. In other words, God says, here's what I want you to tell people about me. And I want you to tell them just like it was me telling them, okay? He said, I want you to tell them this. This is what love really is. He says, here's love. That God loved us, not that we loved him. He said, here's my message. It's not about how much you love me, because frankly, you don't love me. And the truth of the matter is, if we're honest with ourselves, we don't really love God anywhere to the degree he deserves to be loved. We try. And sometimes we get it better than at other times in our lives. And in our hearts, we love God, and we want him to feel loved by us. But the truth of the matter is, our relationship with him is not based on how much we love him. It's based on how much he loved us. And how much did he love us? That's what we've been celebrating the last couple of weeks. He loved us so much that he sent his only son here to this earth to die as an atoning sacrifice. What does that mean? Atoning means to pay the debt. In other words, he sent Jesus Christ to pay my sin debt so that he'll never have to count my sins against me. He sent Jesus Christ to pay your sin debt so that he never has to count your sins against you. And it's not about how much you love God. It's about how much God loves you. And he says, now, I want you to be my ambassador. I, I want you to go to everyone you can possibly go to, and I want you to tell them that I don't hate them, that I'm not mad at them, that I don't want to judge them, that I don't want to punish them. I want you to tell them that I love them and, and I'm not counting their sins against them, and I've done everything I could possibly do and beyond what anybody could ever have expected me to do. I provided a righteous sacrifice for the unrighteous. If we could encapsulate our ambassador message, and if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, if you're a Christ follower, if there's one verse in the entire Bible that you'll memorize in your life, make it be this one. Because this one verse, John 3.16, written again by one of Jesus' original 12 disciples, written by the one who, who never calls himself by his name, but, but he always refers to himself as the one who Jesus loved. Here's the message that God wants us to take into the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will never perish but have eternal life. And he says, I want you to take it everywhere. I, I, I want you to take it everywhere you can possibly take that message. And I want you to deliver it just like it was me delivering it. With that kind of confidence, with that kind of sensitivity, with that kind of purpose, with that kind of determination. That's a message we don't have to be afraid to share. See, the reason we get so upset and so, so intimidated by this idea of sharing our faith is because we think we're sharing the wrong message. 
We, we think the message is e- either you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, or you're going to die and burn in hell. Or, you better watch out because God will chastise you. God will bring punishment in your life. God's saying, stop it. That's not the message. The message is a message of love. The message is this. It's not about how much you love me. It's about how much I love you. fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. Now, if we're living that way, if we're standing up and being ambassadors for Jesus Christ, the fruit, the byproduct of that is going to be a tree of life. One of the big things today is family trees. You can go to Ancestry.com and you can, you can chart out your your lineage. You can chart out your family tree. As an ambassador for Jesus Christ, every one of us in our spiritual life, in our spiritual journey, are building a tree of life. Because not everybody that we share God's love with will accept it. Probably many more will reject it than who will receive it. But everyone who does receive it as a part of anything that we've done to be an ambassador, they're added to our tree of life. And each one is is another branch on our tree of life. And everyone that they reach out ultimately as an ambassador of Jesus Christ after coming to faith, they're added to our family tree. And so we should have this tree that is is huge, that, that is monumental by the time we get to heaven. Like this Ecuador team. There'll be little Ecuadorians who were children during this trip who who will then be in their glorified bodies running up to them saying, I've been waiting for you to get here. Thank God you're finally here because I've been wanting to thank you. I'm part of your family tree. When God looks at that tree and Jesus sees our faithfulness in being an ambassador, that's when we'll hear the sweetest words we will ever hear in all eternity. When Jesus looks at us and he says, welcome home, good and faithful servant. Enter now into the glories I have prepared for you before all time began. Let's ask the question again. What in the world am I doing? What in the world am I doing? Let's bow our heads. Let me ask our guests today. First and foremost, what in the world are you doing with Jesus Christ? He died on the cross out of love for you. And his passion is that you will receive his gift of forgiveness. And it's a gift. You can't buy it, you can't earn it, but you do have to receive it. And you say, Pastor Pete, how do I receive it? You receive it just through a simple prayer of faith that in a moment you're going to have the opportunity to pray. Maybe you're here today and you've trusted Christ as your Savior. Now, you're struggling with the question, what in the world am I doing? As one who has been declared righteous in Jesus Christ. 
Is my life characterized by acts of faith? And do I have the fruit of the righteous, which is a tree of life? God, help us to get it. Help us not to be intimidated by it. Help us not to feel like we're in bondage to it. Father, help us to celebrate who you have made us and the unimaginable honor that you have placed upon us to be called an ambassador of the eternal King, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God eternal. And you have chosen me. And you have chosen my friends here to be ambassadors and speak your word like it was you speaking. And God, you have promised to empower that word. Give us a new boldness, a new determination to share this with everyone we possibly can for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's thank the Lord today by celebrating that ceremony Jesus gave us the night he was betrayed. Communion. Our ushers, our deacons are going to come. and They're going to pass the trays. First take a cracker, put it on your lap, then take the cup and wait till we've all received. And then we will partake of this, this celebration together.